This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I went to my car and I cried, how are we going to do this? How do we keep our family safe? There's Jesse, Nettles, Purdy, and I'm actually planning a wedding for the goats at Halloween. We're all in the war. We're all in the war now. You know, they're here. We're looking after them, and rightly so. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 PJ Coogan Coach 96 FM Morning, what a gorgeous, gorgeous morning it is out there Beautiful And I'm just looking at various different weather reports uh, For the next week or two Uh, One or two newspapers pointing again towards this beast from the east Mark II That they've been trying to tell us is coming for the last uh, month or so The ever-reliable Alan O'Reilly from Carla Weather Is now not ruling it out but says there's still too much to happen first Uh, he was looking at his models this morning and he says whatever about beast from the east or anything like that it'll certainly be some high pressure and some nice weather next week as we head into the start of March and the real start of spring I guess we can only watch it but the last time they were all talking about Beast from the East Mark II Alan simply said no just just relax a while chill out a while and when he tells me it's coming I believe him good morning 0818969696 we had a very upsetting call yesterday afternoon uh, followed up by some confirmation from the Gardaí that Gardaí in Anglesey Street investigating an alleged assault at Ski Hard Road Black Rock. That was Tuesday afternoon, 21st February, at approximately half past one. A female was removed from the scene with non life threatening injuries. Investigations ongoing. Somebody rang us to tell us it had happened. The guards confirmed it had happened. We now understand it to have been a transphobic attack. Uh, very upsetting. Um, and in the context of that, we read a piece. In the Examiner, which says that last year was the most violent year for LGBTQ plus people in Europe in the last decade. And drill down into that report, you find that of 448 hate crimes and hate-related incidents related to Gardaí, these are 2021 figures now, 15% of them were motivated by the victim's 
sexual orientation or gender and we can only assume and it would appear to be the facts that that is going up. So we have a confirmed trans hate crime in the middle of the day yesterday afternoon down in Mahan. Sir and good morning to you. It's really, um, really, really upsetting and dis- disappointing to hear uh, PJ, but unfortunately it's something that we're seeing now all too often. Um, you know, as, as you said, um, the numbers show that um, we've just had the most uh, violent year towards um, trans people and, and um, uh, other people affected by hate crimes. And, um, you know, we've, we've seen it even just in, in the last week or so with, um, for example, Brianna Jai in the UK, yes. who was just in, in, in a park, you know. So, you know, the, the fact that, you know, it shouldn't happen any time, but the fact that you can't, you know, walk walk home or walk to work or walk to uh, school or college during the day or just, you know, go to a park and um, chill out for the day um, without feeling that you might be attacked is uh, is very disappointing, you know. Um, I mean, people, unfortunately, again, it shouldn't happen. People, unfortunately, are used to, uh, you know, in particular women and trans people and, and um, other LGBT plus people are used to... Um, uh, you know, watching over their shoulder as they walk home late at night and mm. things like that. And, um, you know, that's, but, you know, the fact that these are now often happening in, in broad daylight is, is even scarier mm. again, you know. You're, you're a law student at UCC, see. aren't you, Saoirse? That's uh, right, the, yes. the, the, the law is changing um, to clamp down on hate speech and clamp down on on hate behaviour, for want of a better expression. Is it changing fast enough and is there enough there? No, it's painfully slow. Um, we're still waiting on, on hate crime legislation to be passed through the Oireachtas. Um, the government, if I remember correctly, had um, had committed to passing it before the end of 2022. And um, I think it's still only in the second stage in the dolls. So it's still got a bit to go and we're, you know, nearly a couple of months into 2023 now. So it is very disappointing that uh, that's taking so long to get through, you know. And, um, you know, we've seen in the past that it's very easy to pass legislation quite quickly. And, you know, this should be something that people agree on is to clamp down on, on hate crimes. You know, this shouldn't be something that's controversial and should take so long. Um, you know, on top of that as well, another thing that will go a long way is is banning conversion practices, which unfortunately there seems to be absolutely no progress on yet. I was talking to um, Padre Grace about that just yesterday and he said, look, this is what Roderick O'Gorman, the minister responsible, has said he wants to do. He said he intends to do it, but there's no sign of it being done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, it's something that um, you know they've been talking about since um, since the government was formed. But we're, you know, we're heading two and a half, nearly three years into um, into the government now, and um, uh, you know, there's still no sign of um, the um, any 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 even beginning on on conversion uh, practices being banned. So there's still a long way to go with that, um, unfortunately. And um, I I would be surprised if it was passed uh, during this term of of government before the next election, because it seems to be very slow at the moment. A couple of things that seem to be happening sort of in parallel with one another. One is the, the growing acceptance of the diversity of our population, shall I put it into that. Most people know, and I would strongly suggest most people I know, it's 
perfectly okay to be who you are and to, and to you know to live as you wish and that's a change from certainly when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s it's a change but on the other hand you have this increasing level of anger and hatred so so where are the, the two seem to be happening together don't they yeah i mean i i, I don't um disagree with you i think it probably is the case that most people are are more accepting now and they're becoming more accepting and of people who are accepting of LGBT plus people and in particular trans people is is going down. I think that probably is going up. But I think unfortunately those who don't accept us are becoming more uh, verbal and more violent and, mm. and that's what's causing this rise in hate crime. You know, may, maybe they feel threatened by the fact that more people are becoming accepting and uh, and they feel they need to act on it. But, um, you know, they, I, I think that probably is is the case is that most people are, are becoming more accepting but the people who aren't are becoming more violent and unfortunately that's causing us to see a big rise in in both hate speech and hate crimes um, being acted on um you know in in 2022 for example um there was nearly 330 trans people murdered globally um you know and and of those there was um, a significant proportion about 65 percent uh were trans were trans people of color so um you know so this is um, you know, a very significant portion is is specifically on uh, trans people, but there's obviously a big proportion of that which is um, uh, racial as well. Mm. Um, and a lot of those cases we see in the US, for example. You know, so most of the time when you read about trans people murdered in the US, it's usually a trans woman of color. Um, and and there was there was sixty, ne- nearly sixty trans people, um, mostly trans women, murdered in in the US alone, for example, in in 2021, which is I believe that was a record high um you know so so these things are becoming more um severe but to be honest with you bj when i came out five and a half years ago mm. um i knew transphobia existed and i heard about it every now and then uh, but it was very rare that i heard about it um because um it wasn't um overly uh, it wasn't as common but it's becoming more and more common and um you know at that time i might have heard between you know one and three incidences a week whereas now i could hear about that a day and um it's it's really disappointing that in five and a half years it's it's risen so much and mm. you know from a time where uh, i didn't hear about it that often despite having a lot of the same circles as i do now um that uh, then now it's suddenly a lot more and uh, it's it's become an increasing over the last few years and unfortunately I don't see it stopping so I wouldn't be surprised unfortunately if this year was another record high year for it you know so what, what are um, your own if you if you wanted to share if you don't you don't your own experiences what have you experienced yourself most of what I experience is is online on social media. Um, I'm quite active on social media, so therefore I get a lot of that. It's it's to be honest with you, it's, on social media, it's not really something that that gets to me. It is something that gets to a lot of people, but I'm able to pretty easily um, brush that off. Um, I experience a little bit of it verbally, um, definitely more so than I do physically. But I have had a couple of physical incidents um, over the last five and a half years. Quite quite rare for me, um, I, I must say. So I've been very lucky in that situation. And uh, nothing, absolutely nothing severe. Nothing I've had to go to hospital for, nothing like that. So it's been, uh, it's actually been 
you know, I, I haven't had uh, much of an issue, but I unfortunately do know people who have um, had more severe incidences and have ended up in hospital and, and things like that. So, um, you know, it is, um, um, you know, some people experience it more than others. And um, I, I've been pretty lucky, to be honest, that I haven't really had it, um, you know, physically. With, with respect, when you say, and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say, that you've never return ended up in hospital or never had anything that severe happen to you. When you say that that's when you say that you feel lucky in that regard, that fills me with horror. That you're happy because you've never ended up in hospital. Yeah. Um wow. I mean yeah, I mean uh, you know unfortunately a lot of these incidences are quite severe and you know we we've seen that um, you know, we've seen that a lot recently. And we're someone recovering know, again, I, I, just now from something that happened less than 24 hours ago in the middle of the... This is the bit I can't get, Saoirse. In the middle of the, the flipping day. I know, absolutely. And and again, you know, I bring it back to bring the Jai as well, mm. who was just in, in a park during the day and uh, and was stabbed, you know, so um, by two 15-year-olds allegedly. So, look, the uh, it, it's, it's, it's very... Um, sad that you know anyone would um, would think to uh, speak hate towards um, a, a marginalised group. Never mind, actually, you know, act on it and and actually kill someone for for who they are. You know, because it's um, it's 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 just it's very sad that that's that's how things are going at the moment. And as I said, it's it's unfortunately rising. Sure, thank you. Thank you for your time. And uh, thank you for your continued activism too. That's Sir Shemakin, uh, law student at UCC. Um, yeah, if, if, if you know that person uh, who was attacked yesterday in Mahan, I hope to goodness that they're okay. Uh, if you are listening and you'd like to talk to me, if you are that person, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, 0818 96 96 96. The middle of the day. Mahan, Skehard Road area, set upon at lunchtime and battered. It's very upsetting, isn't it? 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. To meet the Cork's 96 FM Street Fleet. Heading your way soon. Join the Street Fleet this Sunday, February 26th, for the Clayton Hotel Silver Springs Wedding Venue Viewing Afternoon. Enjoy a one to one consultation with their wedding executive, Megan, and experience this magnificent venue as it would be on your wedding day. Meet the fleet at the Clayton Hotel Silver Springs this Sunday from 2. Let Clayton put the sparkle into your big day. ClaytonHotelSilverSprings.com with Corks 96 FM. Hearing the commercials there for dealing with your energy supplier and in, you know, talking to your energy supplier if you're in trouble with your bills. We saw a bill come in to us this morning as in someone sent it in to us this morning, a mum of two, and the lecky bill was over two grand. 2,000 euro was the lecky bill for a house, a mum with two children. You can imagine the person is devastated. 
There's one more drop of 200 quid coming in March. The government said yesterday there won't be another one in May. There might be one next next winter if it gets troublesome again, the, the cost of energy. Any more troublesome, as it were. We will go through later the details of what they announced and we'll talk about the package announced yesterday with someone who has no political agenda at all. Because one thing you learn when you announce a package like this or when you go through the details of what's in that package is that the politic politicians are going to politic. In other words, anyone remotely connected to the government will think it's the best thing since the sliced pan. Anybody who not connected to the government will tell you how they'd have done it so much better if they were in government. So you, you get bored listening to that sort of to and fro uh, after the first God knows how many years you spent doing it. But we will focus later on that uh, package. But if you think there was anything in that package for you yesterday, or better still, if there was nothing in it for you, let me know at 0818 96 96 96. Now, Searsha, Revolut is a great company. We love working with Revolut, using our Revolut, but you need to be very careful with your Revolut. But you've been scammed. Good morning. What happened to you? Good morning. Um, so it's, it's not me directly, it's my nephew, but okay. uh, he couldn't come on this morning, so I said I'd tell the story for him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so basically, um, it was very coincidental what happened to him, and he didn't think twice about how it came about. So, you know the e-toll tag? I do. For the motorway. So he does a lot of driving around, um, up and down the motorway. He'd be in North Cork a lot, etc. So he has his tag, but his tag broke. Okay. So he had only been looking into it um, the beginning of last week. And there's actually, I didn't realise that there's eFlow and there's like um, Tag Director. A few there's companies a few do different it. Yeah. Companies. Yeah. yeah. So he got a text which was in the same line of text messages that had been in previous eFlow messages. Um, you know the way yes. cameras can do that now. So <laughs> um, it had said your new eFlow tag, um, you know, put in your, your, look at your options here kind of thing. And he thought nothing of it. And then, oh, I have to sort that actually. So went into the link. It looked legit. It looked like the eFlow website. He went to log in and it was like 150 or something that you pay up front yes. um, for the tag. And he put in his account details, which was his Revolution account because he uses that now as his bank account. So he put in his information and uh, next thing the phone got a notification a few minutes later, um, thank you for your payment of five euro and from Revolution he thought that's weird. So he kicked into it, he didn't know the name and next thing he checked his savings vault. So everyone loves a good vault on Revolution yeah. um, for different things. And before his eyes in under five minutes 3,100 euro was cleared out of his vault. So it started off as a five euro, so they obviously said, we'll chance the fiver, see if that goes through. Then it was 150, and then it was 500, 500, 500, and then cleared out in, I'd say, three, four minutes tops. This was like, I, I yeah, it's like his little stash that he keeps. Yeah, yeah. you can do that in Revolut. We all do it. It's very handy. Yeah. This is where yeah, the, your, the, it rounds up your change and, yeah. Exactly. And this is it. And he's only 19, so it was for holidays. That's a lot of money. Like that, That's a know, lot of money for a 19-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's been and saving he's been hard, the poor devil. Yeah. 
Yeah, Has he any comeback? Has he been on to Revolut? He got onto Revolut. They were very helpful. Good. He used like a chatbot thing straight away, and they put him through to um, a human. Then, and um, they were very helpful. And um, it was due to be refunded by tomorrow. So um, he's delighted with that. But um, yeah, they were very, very helpful. He did, he genuinely thought because it was his own fault, really. You know that he he just, he just got such a fright that it looked so legit, and because it was something he happened to look into that week and happened to discuss with his parents and everything he didn't think that it was a scam you know it was just oh I'm do that actually and just didn't think twice about it and yeah so he's a very lucky boy he got the money back I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. and one, one thing aware, about you know? Revolut as well is one thing that they are absolutely adamant about is you've got to keep your app up to date you've got to do every yes. security patch they sent you do it day and do do it there and then uh, have the app constantly updated on your phone or whatever you use because if you don't and you're not covered by the security you can go and whistle but oh, he, obviously, he obviously was yeah 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 no I suppose look you know at 19 you're probably up to date with all your little techie bits and bobs but like I, I suppose even myself like I got a text message only about two weeks ago I'd say and that was from it looked like the revolution number and it said your scheduled payment to Mr. Khan for oh, four thousand yeah. five hundred euro is scheduled for tomorrow and I'm laughing going, Well there's only twenty euro in the account. Off you go, Mr. Khan, take your four and a half grand. Know, yeah. But yeah. like you know, it's just like you easily could click on something like that if you you know, I suppose I'm just aware a bit more aware, but if you weren't thinking twice, you could panic and click into a link before you know what your account here, well, you, you know. See, you see, Sir, the way these things work, or these scammers work, is they do it with a computer. So, if yeah. there's 5,000 copies of the same scam alert go out, all it takes is two or three to, to bite. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got you. And like that, if it's three grand a pop, like poor old James, then oh, <laughs> that's 9,000 euro you have, and you're delighted. <laughs> here's, here's hoping he'll get sorted, and soon. Yeah, that's it, that's it. I'll let you know anyway once he gets do, the refund. Do, but do, but so <laughs> we, we have to, actually, Conor Pope in the Irish Times had a great article a few days ago. I must look it up. I had read it at home and forgot to print it to bring it in. Uh, eight or nine, a list of eight or nine very prominent scams that are flying around at the moment. I don't think this was on it. So the e toll are being scammed e, now. Yeah, the e flow. E flow so, and e toll. Um, yeah. 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 That's yeah. the latest. All right, Sirisha. Thank you, and uh, best of luck to to the young man for getting his money back. It's e flow is being scammed, but it could just as easily be e toll. I must find that report in the Times and go through that list. Connor Pope did it. A list of things that are purporting to be genuine that aren't at the moment. At this stage, I'm just ignoring everything. And I told you what happened to me with my bank a couple of weeks ago, which it doesn't help at all that some of the banks do genuinely message you about something that they're querying in the middle of all these fake messages. I told you that, didn't I? I did. I, I subscribed to a newsletter. It's only 30 quid. But... The bank messaged me to know, did is this your, is this your transaction? And of course, we're told ignore text messages from your bank, which which I did. So then I got another one telling me I couldn't use my card anymore until I talked to them. 
And then I discovered, actually, yeah, they do that when they weren't too sure of the trend. So, I, I mean, there must be a better way than that. I'll get that list. 0818 96 96 96. Our daily dose of Dermot. Hey, you'd think it worked in radio and I thought that up. Yeah, my Your daily dose of Dermot will be with you after 10. So kiss me the way <laughs> Another chance for you to win that fabulous prize heading over to Las Vegas for five days in May to see Dermot and we'll put you up at a hotel, fly you there, fly you back, put money in your pocket. Your daily dose of Dermot is after 10 on Cork's 96 FM. Let's go through the the content of that cost of living package, which we will discuss later with someone who has no political bias at all. So Leo Radker and Michal Martin and Eamon Ryan announced this yesterday and they said this is it now there'll be nothing more ahead of the budget in the autumn so there's a 200 euro lump sum for pensioners and carers and people on disability and loaned parents and people on the working family parent in fact pretty much everyone who gets a social welfare payment will get this extra 200 euro in june everyone who gets child benefit will get 100 euro extra per child now, there will be no more €200 Euro energy credits. We'll get the next one in March. No more then, possibly back in the autumn, but no more for now. The back-to-school allowance is staying at the higher rate of 260 and 385 depending on the age of your children. School transport fees are coming back, but capped for the family at 125 Also, state exam fees for the junior leaving cert, they're waived again for this year. There are also more hot school meals uh, to benefit 64,500 children. The 9% VAT rate in hospitality is being left there till August. They're telling us it will end then. The restaurateurs are already saying no, actually it can't, but that's that. the TBES scheme for electricity support. That's being extended, but also because there was complaints that you actually can't avail of it. They're going to make it more more accessible to people the petrol and diesel are going to go back up the exercise was due to end at the end of February it'll be brought back in a couple of stages between now and the end of October and that's it then that's pretty much it we'll, we'll, if there's anything in there that you, you have something to say about about it uh, call me at 0818969696 we'll get an expert view later on this morning join the conversation this is the opinion line with the Cork City Marathon take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team register at corkcitymarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM Dermot Kennedy live in Las Vegas May 19th so kiss me the way Win your way there with Cork's 96FM. Paradise. It's just the most beautiful sport from home, so thank you so much. Return flights. Five nights in Vegas. Spending money. And tickets to see. Dermot Kennedy. We used to be dead. Listen to Cork's 96FM weekdays for the hits of Dermot Kennedy. Every time they play, text or WhatsApp in for your chance to win. Once upon a time, I was something. Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. Stay listening to see him for free. Thank you for supporting this music. Only on Cork's 96 FM. So, an interesting consumer query came into us from 
Emma. Emma wants to change her car, or at least, Emma, you had planned to change your car, and then you changed your mind. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. What happened? I'll tell you now what happened. I went down last Thursday and inquired about the possibility of trading in my car for a new one. Yeah. The guy um, let me drive the car. It was a one litre and I was asked for a deposit, which I gave. How much did you give him? It was a thousand pounds I put on. Okay. Um, on Saturday morning, I, I um, had a whole different uh, outlook on the thing and I said to myself, I felt I didn't get a good deal for the car. You felt that they could offer you more for the trade-in if they wanted to? Yes. You thought about it, you changed your mind and you said, yeah. I don't want to go through with it. What happened then? Uh, I rang then, I rang the, the salesman, I said I wasn't interested in going through with the, the deal. They sent you a text in between. That's right, Friday afternoon I, I got a text to say that the uh, reg was on the car. Okay, 231 reg, new reg, yeah. The correct. And you could collect it when? Monday. Okay, that was Friday, and then you changed your mind? On Saturday. I've changed my mind. Okay. Describe to me what happened then when you went back and with the change of mind. What happened was I had to wait until Monday morning and I said I'll ring as early as I can. I asked to speak to the man in question who answered me. And he said, oh, we've the car ready. It's registered in your name. And after that then I had to text and he said, your car is ready for collection, Emma. And I said to him, oh, part of the message, do you not understand that I'd already stated this morning that I wasn't interested in taking the car? Yeah, you decided not to go through with it. You changed your mind. Yeah. So he just said he'd check with his manager. That's what he told me anyway. And he said there was nothing that he could do that the, the deposit that it wouldn't be refunded. And that was the end of the story. Your deposit of €1,000 was non-refundable, he said. Non-refundable, correct. Right. And how had you paid that? I paid it by visa. I would have thought you'd be entitled to a cooling off period. So did you, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, in most things, they give you that time to, to think, but he was just, I suppose, cut and dried with it. I understand, we'll have to get a legal opinion, but I understand that cooling off periods are a matter of law these days. I'm open to correction on that. Do you have a car now? Do you get your old car back? Oh, I do. I have it here. Yeah, I right. didn't go down at all. I just said the victim was through him this morning. I see. And um, the car is there now. I feel that it has dropped a good deal. Yeah. You weren't happy with the circumstances on no. the table. You, you said, I'm not going ahead with this. And now they're they're holding on to your thousand euro and, and you feel you're entitled to it back. Would that sum it up? Well, that's, that's uh, absolutely, yeah. That's what I uh, intended to get the deposit back or that they'd have uh, put it back into the account within two days. The piece of paper that you signed when you handed over the deposit, do you have a copy of that? I don't. All I have now is I have the receipt from the visa because I did ask them would I get uh, 
a copy or something and I think the guy there said to me not to pay for the car you know I wouldn't get a full expert receipt okay Emma I think we'll have to get some kind of legal opinion on this so just to sum up again before I finish with you you went down you saw this new car you were offered a trade-in you paid a thousand euro deposit you then went and thought about it and said you weren't happy with the offer of the trade-in amount you cancelled the sale. Correct me if I'm wrong at any point here. You went, contacted the garage and said, you said, I'm not going through with it. And, and now they don't want to give you back your thousand euro. That's precisely it. We may have to get a legal opinion. But thank you for your call. Thank you. Thank you, PJ. You're welcome, Emma. J- just before I get a legal view, there are two places you can go yourself to check this stuff out. One is the citizen's information. The other is the consumer uh, protection website. And neither of them are very clear and, and both of them would confuse the other. So citizen's information says if you pay a deposit and then change your mind, the trader may not have to refund it, but the amount kept must be a genuine reflection of the trader's actual losses that result directly from your cancellation and must not be excessive. And then Consumer Protection says, generally a business does not have to refund a deposit if you change your mind. However, change of mind cancellations may be allowed under some terms and conditions. You should read the terms and conditions to see if a refund is possible. Now that is about as clear as mud, to be quite quite frank about it. We're going to seek an opinion on it from from William Harvey uh, in, in, in a couple of minutes. 0818-969696. Sorry I can't come in here. I'm at work. But I just want to say people don't understand the kind of hidden costs that a business incurs. For example, that garage would have documentation costs that would all be taken out of their bank account by direct debit. I appreciate that to a point. And the point being that so much of our life now is paperless that I would have thought documentation charges would have gone down drastically and also the last time I had to incur a documentation charge which actually did involve a car uh, the documentation charge was about 70 euro so at the very start of the transaction they said to me look you have your change of mind period and all of that but there's a documentation fee which is non-refundable so that dealt with that and I would have also thought that if you're taking a deposit from somebody you must give them, either verbally or in writing, the terms and conditions, preferably both, the terms and conditions of the refund. Like, one thing I pay a refund or I pay a, a deposit for every year would be holiday accommodation. And people who book something like holidaylettings.co or one of those or even booking.com will know this. So you book your accommodation in January maybe or February and you pay half the fee. There's a calendar, literally a calendar that comes in your contract that says, well, I where I've booked now for the summer, I've got until the 2nd of June to change my mind with, with no penalty. I can have it all back. And then after the 2nd of June, it's a percentage. After the 2nd of July, it's a percentage. And I think something like two weeks out of when I travel, I lose the whole deposit. That's fair. But I don't think that Emma was told any of the details of this thousand euro. Uh, she certainly doesn't have any piece of paper that she was given. 
Uh, that she that she she wasn't given any piece of paper when she gave over her thousand euros. She just got a receipt for it. So she was. It appears to me she was given no T's and C's. Again, when I, when I do get to talk to, to William, I will ask him all of that. Just went through the details of the government's package. I'll go through them in more detail a little later. Bernie says they're giving a welfare bonus, but they're not giving the electricity payment. So in the end, has anything been given? They're not giving any more electricity payments, Bernie. There is one still to come that we're all getting. Comes in March. Come off your March stroke April bill. There's one, but they were talking about another one for May, and that's not going to happen. In fact, I think Michael McGrath said to me last time he was on this programme that they have money in the bank, as it were, for next winter if it got rough again. And I think even Eamon Ryan, who I I often wonder whether he'd like to bleed us dry on the cost of energy, he said they may do it again next, next awesome stroke winter if things get hectic again. But in the context of that, we got this email. I mentioned it earlier on. This came in from Sarah, who's a mum of two. This will break your heart. Peter, I'm distraught. I got my bill from Electric Ireland. I have air to water and air to water. Oh, the Greens love air to water, don't they? The Greens love the big heat pump and the air to water. They love it. They absolutely, Greens love it. I got my bill. It's €2,022.94. My last bill was an estimated bill. That was 400 This is a read. We have this air to water. We were told it's the best, the greenest, the cheapest type of energy provider. Yet anyone I know who has air to water has had massive bills. One friend got a bill of €1,800. Another, €1,000. We're all mums with school-going kids. What the hell is going on in this country? We're not doing anything differently, nothing differently to what we were doing last year. How in God's name does this government expect young families to survive it? That bill is the same as my wages. How the hell am I to pay my childminder? This country's a joke. I heard you mention last week there was a queue for penny dinners. Believe me, that queue will have more and more young families in it over the coming months. And all the while, the electricity company is posting massive profits. I'm done with this country, says Sarah, who's a mum of two. And it's hard to blame her. But look, the Greens love air. Oh, it's clean, it's efficient, it's environmentally friendly. It's, it's all these things. It ticks all these boxes and rings all these bells. <sighs> Cost a blasted fortune. Right, William Harvey. Uh, William, good morning. Morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. Delighted. Let's come back to, to Emma's problem to summarise once again. She went down, she saw a car, they offered her a trade-in, she gave him a thousand euro, she then went home, thought about it, probably talked to other people about it, changed her mind, and now they won't give her a thousand euro back. The various websites one might consult are confusing. What is the law, William? Yeah, so the position is, PJ, that one is entitled to a refund uh, if you change your mind. Uh, 
less any reasonable expenses incurred um, or actions taken to, to compensate for any actions taken, say, by the vendor. Um, so, and I always would insist on seeing what those expenses are. So I'd, I'd ask those always to be vouched. So in, in this circumstance, if they took any positive steps, like registering the car, um, if there was anything known like paying a t- paying tax as part of the deal, anything like that, they're entitled to recover those costs in essentially preparing the car for sale prior to her um, say seeking her the return of her deposit. Now there are a couple of circumstances where that won't apply. So where say if you are purchasing a bespoke item, um, I'm trying to think of examples now, but something where your initials were engraved that wouldn't have a value to anybody else other than you. Um, so that would be one example. Um, and another scenario also is where if the goods aren't physically purchased, if you don't attend the garage or the shop, if it's an online or over the phone, you are certainly entitled to a cooling off period. It was EU legislation brought in recently. It was right. enacted at the end of November last year, uh, Consumer Rights Act, and that allows someone a clear 14-day cooling off period where it's not a face-to-face transaction. Okay, um, okay. So that's something phone, That's something now, William, that will be news to a lot of people and certainly news to me. So if I buy something, let's just say Amazon, I buy something from Amazon or I make a deal with someone to buy something online from them, a service or whatever. I have 14 days as long as I don't actually physically meet them and hand over money, correct? Correct. But if I physically meet them and hand over money, things are different. Well, you're entitled to... So a lot of the times it just it really, in my experience, depends on how long uh, before you ask for your deposit back. So if it's the next day you know, or the day after, is it likely expenses are going to have been incurred? Probably not, but it all depends on what you're buying. Mm. Um, so, like, you are entitled to your full deposit back. In the majority of the cases which will come across my desk, the full deposit is paid back because the notification was given early, the, the, the mind has been changed early, and no one has been put to any expense on the vendor side. Yeah. She, she, her timeline is, as I understand it, she paid the thousand euro using a Visa debit card or a Visa credit card, not too sure which, just a Visa card anyway, on Thursday. She went home and she thought about it and discussed it, I presume, with friends and family and wasn't overly happy. So she contacted them Friday and said, look, I'm not, not, not too sure about doing this. I, I don't actually want to go through with that. Thanks very much. Thanks, but no thanks. Can I have my money back? She doesn't have any piece of paper with T's and C's on it. If there was a documentation fee involved, one would understand that. But... Yeah, so if if she wasn't made aware that the deposit was non-refundable, she's entitled to the deposit uh, back and she's entitled to it less any expenses. So, And I always insist on show me what your expenses are. So... For example, if you drove the car down to the NCT centre the next morning to get NCT immediately, that would be a reasonable cost that they would be entitled to withhold. Uh, if there was a registration for registering the car or paying the RT, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure the ins and outs now of registering yeah, the car. Uh, but that sort of thing where it would be reasonable. They went to the trouble because you paid the deposit, they incurred the cost, and they shouldn't have to lie, belie that cost. Um, but she would be... It, it just really depends how much... Uh, um, expense the vendor went to uh, before the uh, change of mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When a deposit is non-refundable, William, is it a thing, must they tell you verbally or is it enough to bury it in, in a piece of paper? No, like 
a contract can be verbal. It can be in writing. Um, if you're signing a contract, there's an expectation that you read it from top to bottom. Yes. Um, so if it is in the contract and it's clearly set out that this refund, this deposit is non-refundable, um, whether or no it's in big print or small print, mm. um, it's there. Is, is, it's, it's there. Yeah. And, she says and she doesn't like, have anything of that sort. She said... On the on the phone to me, she said that they told her she'd get all her paperwork when she when she took the car. Uh, that's another thing she maybe needs to discuss. Then yeah. something that's come in um, from Paul: if you're if she used as she did, she used a Visa card. Can she contact her bank and say that that payment is in dispute? And what they will do is they will only put a hold. My understanding, you know, it depends on bank and uh, credit card uh, company, is that they'll only put a hold on that payment. Um, so I've encountered this before, as, uh, and the ones I have encountered, um, they have they'll put a hold on it. Uh, they won't release the money until such time as the dispute is dealt with. So again, you're probably better going back to source, going back to the garage, trying to agree. Uh, look, can I have back nine fifty? Can I have back nine hundred? And they must, of course, and if they don't vouch what it is they've spent the money on, uh, you should absolutely seek the full amount and nothing less. Mm. Does this sound like if they refuse to give her? anything back it's a small amount of money so does this sound like a small claims thing William it yeah well the, the small claims court uh, is a very very useful mechanism there's no solicitors or legal costs incurred it's anything up to two thousand euros the, the, it doesn't go on for years or it doesn't take a long time to get into court it's quite it's a very efficient system well run by the court service and um, it allows um, a lay litigant, someone without legal representation, to go into court, have their case heard before uh, a district court judge. Uh, so it's certainly, in this particular scenario, I would certainly recommend to this lady that she, if they don't, if they refuse to pay it back, she makes contact with the local district court area where mm. the garage is located and, and lodge an application. Okay. All right, William, thank you, as always, uh, William Harvey. And Harvey Slister's there down on George's Key. Thank you, William. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. It's 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 the whole buyer beware thing. You need to know what you buy and what you sign and what your T's and C's are. But she should go back and fight it. And if she can't get the money back, he's recommending small claims and let that court decide. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818-969696-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-
396-96-96. I go back to the package announced yesterday by the Taoiseach and the Tarnishta and the Green Man, Eamon Ryan and all that. Um, I'll come back to the details in a little while. And I want to get the view of, as I said, someone who's got no political bias at all. Because when you put something like that to a politician, politicians go to politic. That's the very nature of politicians. They own politics. So we'll get a, a neutral view of that package and go through it again. But there was a, a meeting last night at the Metropole, which we teed up last week. Now, it was organized by AN2. And uh, it was well, it was Monday night. Thanks, guys. It was Monday night it was on. And to, to discuss the increasing, surging cost of living, energy bills in particular. And it's in the context of that that I talked to Joe in just a second, reminding us of the very upsetting email we got this morning from Sarah, who's got this air-to-water system that we were told, as she said in her email, we were told this is the best, the greenest, the cheapest. We were told this was the bee's knees and the dog's you-know-what's-its and the cat's pyjamas. And now she's got a bill in front of her for €2,022.94 that she just can't pay. And she's got two small kids. Joe, at the meeting on Monday night, Joe Walsh, at the meeting were there many people telling stories like that? Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, PJ. Yes, uh, the meeting was a lively one, an enthusiastic one. People were really partaking in this thing, and they really wound up about it, you know. And uh, the, the, we had many examples of uh, given in the course of the evening of uh, costs that people are incurring. And there's a macro side to it as well. And uh, Pather Tobin, who addressed the meeting from a live link, he brought that into it, and I thought this very interesting. The government are, in fact, uh, whilst they're presenting themselves as helping the people down with with um, meeting fuel, the cost of fuel, and they're talking about withdrawing that assistance now, and uh, and and the other bills. Well, they no, are, they're they, not they, they're not saying that, Joe. They're saying that the one we were due to get next March, next month, we will get. They just aren't going to give another one this side of the budget, at least. So they're not withdrawing anything. That, that, yes, but they're talking about withdrawing the allowance in excise, the reduction in excise oh, yeah, to diesel and fuel, and, and make a virtue out of the fact that they're not going to withdraw it all at once, that they're going to phase it. But you see, the government itself is adding pain on pain for people, right? Because when, when fuel comes into this country at whatever price, they add their excess duty to it and they add their VAT to it. Mm-hmm. And then when the price coming into the country doubles, in the case of fuels and other things, the amount of excess they're getting is doubled. The amount of VAT they're applying on it is double what they were getting. So the government is getting huge more money on these excise duties and VAT. This, this that February, that compared, is a percentage com- of the price we pay. Yeah, so compared yeah. to February last year. And then they give a small concession back from it Right to people on social welfare payments or easing of ESP bills and reducing the price, when in fact the government coffers have more money flooding in yeah. because of the increase in prices. So well, we, were told, we were told by Michael McGrath after the budget last year, he, he spoke on this programme, he was still public interest minister at the time, and he said to me that... Um, we had, there was money in the bank, in or around six billion in the bank, so that if they had to do it again in terms of facing up to another harsh winter, they could. And the point I was always making, Joe, was with regard to the electricity credit, and I, I, I'd have to give some credit here, it took a nice, healthy bite out of my last two lecky bills. Yes, 
Indeed. Uh, I mean, any any relief is welcome, but it's still not addressing the root cause because the root mm. cause means that they are getting double the money in excise and that from fuel this February compared to February of last year because the price, the basic entry-level price doubled and all their incomes doubled too. And at the end of the year, they're, they'll... They're making virtue out of, oh, we've had so many, we've had a surplus this year, etc. They've had a surplus by, in effect, gouging the population of paying these ever-increasing excise and VAT rates on increasing prices, doubling the impact of those prices uh, and adding pain on top of pain for, for the citizens and give us a little back and make a big virtue of it, you know. Yeah. So uh, th- th- there has to be fundamental change. As Patrick Tobin says, politics are broken. We need to fix them. And here there needs to be a sliding scale of some kind. I'm not an economist myself, PJ, but there has to be a sliding scale that when increased prices escalate to the point, this is why we're calling, causing, calling it a crisis, because it's paining everybody. People can't meet their bills. They lay awake at night wondering which bill they could pay tomorrow. Mm. They're wondering, will they heat the house? Will they feed, the, put food on the table? Yeah, that's a crisis. Mm-hmm. And we need to rethink the way we're applying these VAT and excess duties on import. Like maybe apply them up to, for example, a 10% increase. And after that, then it starts dropping off if they continue to rise. Some mechanism like that. We do have scalings available in the rate at which when we, the point at which we pay income tax, for example, pe- yeah. people get an allowance up to a certain point yeah. Yeah. and then you pay a lower rate and then you pay a higher rate, etc. The same with, with welfare benefits, you know, people qualify when they're down at, at, uh, and really, really need them and, and totally in, with that. But there comes a point that if their circumstances improve, they no longer get welfare benefits, you know. Why is not a similar scaling our common sense approach made to the application by the state on, on excess duties and on VAT. They're adding pain on pain for the people. Yeah. They tell us, again, coming back to the aforementioned Michael McGrath, um, when I put it to him that in other countries they've just gone and slashed the VAT down to 3%, 4%. Uh, yeah. and, and then talking to a Corkman who's now retired to Spain talking to him last week, he said the electricity companies there were told by the Spanish government this is as far as it goes now boys, otherwise you can start whistling for your licence. Well, I congratulate them. And Spain and Portugal both are not shy about breaking EU rules when their people in their state need it. And here we kind of, anything that's an EU rule, oh, that's sacrosanct. We don't even discuss it anymore. That's a given, you know. But we have to stop thinking like that. Yeah. If we keep doing the same old things, we'll keep getting the same old results. Now, when I, when I put that to Michael McGrath, that Spain and France and Portugal are just turning around to the EU and say, we're looking after our people, we'll talk to you later... His argument was that when that, that, that will come home to roost and they will find themselves getting punished at the end of it. His argument was, we've cut the VAT to 9%. We can't cut it anymore because if we do, they'll put it back up to, to, to 20%. He, he has an economic argument that he'll make to you with regard to the EU. They do, say, and I agree with you on this one, they do seem beholden to the EU for everything. Absolutely. And now, whilst he may have an economic uh, argument, and I'm not here to take uh, Michael McGrath or any particular no, individual... I'm just, I'm just using him as an example because I've spoken it, it, to him in detail. You know? Yeah, and w- w- what I'm saying is that the basis, leave the VAT rate at, at 23% or whatever they apply it on at import level for 
the likes of fuel and other items. But stop increasing the amount, the value on which they apply it. If last year, uh, you know, it was costing a, a euro to import a, a litre of gas or fuel, uh, this year is two litres. So they're applying it on the, on, the, on the two euro rather than the one euro last year. You know? yeah. uh, so th- there should be a scaling of the level. You can't forever keep increasing it, is what I'm saying, mm. in any given year. Yeah. So maybe up to 10% for the sake of argument, and then you start dropping it off quite sharply after that. The value that you add on which you apply the VAT and on which you apply the thing, you know? It's a bit complex, I guess, to, to be discussing it over, over tea and biscuits in the morning, but I, I know where you're coming is. from. I know where yeah. you're coming from. That they, yeah. need, they, they need to, they did, and it's a very good point that you make, and there's no government minister can deny this. When the price of gas and electricity went up, the VAT went up, they made money off that. They and, did. When the like price the of fuel went up, they made money off that. DSP, for example, in the last, is a quarter, their, their profits were up 40%. So that, that's an arm of the state, if you like, yeah. right? And Leo Varadkar has said that there's, a, Leo Varadkar has said there's windfall tax going to be taken. There's windfall tax coming into governments. Like we can see that the global companies, energy companies, are getting multiples of their profits in, oh. in the, in the oh, last year. Levels. But the state is the same. The state is on a level with those in the sense that any increasing prices hugely increase the, the excess and the VAT that's coming into their coffers also. That's a very and, fair point. And, and then they're making too much of a virtue out of the little they're giving back, concessions here for welfare, people on welfare, concession against paying your ESP bill and easing of the cost of fuel, which is only temporary. Now, the, the, and he, he mentioned, uh, Michael McGrath mentioned that the inflation rate is easing. It, it may be. That means the rate of increase is easing. Mm. It's not going back to take the, off the increases that have already occurred. The inflation rate is easing, Joe, and I'll finish with you on this one. The inflation rate is easing, but mortgages are gone through the roof. People's people's monthly payment has gone up. I mean, I'm yeah. lucky in the position that I'm a few years away. I'm in single figures, numbers of years away from the end of my mortgage. I think my lucky starts for it every single day. But my yeah. payment has gone up. Now, if I'm at, at, at that end of my mortgage, what about some poor devil that's just borrowed 300 grand? Absolutely. And that's, the, of course, the cost of housing. That comes into the inflation. We're, we're in a, a price yeah. crisis. And that's adding to crisis because the rental that people are paying by the month is going up and up. The cost of new houses are going up and up. People on two whole salaries uh, can't afford to buy a house. They can't see themselves ever in their lifetime affording to buy the houses at the race they are here in Ireland. Politics are really broken when we come to that point. There was a man, I think it was... Father Tobin mentioned it, that he had, uh, he, he turned up to fill his car with fuel. And the price he paid for that fuel, filling his car, was more than the price would take him on special deals going to fly to Chicago. Now, the, the economics, they talk economics like, but economics can be stood in their head as well. We need to write them. We need to bring back balance. And politics are broken. They need to be fixed. Okay. All right, Joe, i leave it there. Good conversation. Thank you. Uh, Joe was at that meeting Monday night. Now, it was organised by N2 and Padre Tobin addressed it. So it was of a particular political leaning, uh, but it was well attended, as the saying goes. 0818 96, 96, 96. Tom in Blackpool is wondering, did they slash the budget for the junkets on Patrick's Day? Remember, it's not just the politicians themselves, but partners, advisors and so on. Actually, Tom Leo contacted us in the last couple of days. No, not that one. 
not that one. Leo, the listener, uh, contacted us the other day to know just how many people would be going on these trips. And I'm not querying the value of them because anyone who's been on one, any business person who's seen how these trips work will tell you there's a lot goes on and a lot happens as a result of the trips. I've never been on one, so I can't comment. But there are 36, listen to that number, 36 individual trips by individual people. Everybody from the Taoiseach to, for some reason, best known to themselves, the flipping attorney general goes on one of these trips. Like, why? Anyway, and Jerry Bottomer going to Sierra Leone. Why? Like, what's the point of that? Come here, look at the Shannon and all that. 36 individual trips. So that's 36 individual people. They're not going on their own. Let's say that at least one person goes with everybody. So that's 72. If three people go, the minister or the attorney general, why? And two people, then that's three times 36. If each team is four, that's four times 36. Now, four times 36, the last time I was at school, is 140-something people. So the cost of that actually mounts up. So it does. 0818-96-96-96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96 FM. Prove to me you're proud of your province. I'll sort you out with VIP tickets to the Champions Cup final. Plus, I want to put you in Monday's draw to win that trip to Vegas to see Dermot more from 12 on Cork's 96 FM. So let's go through this list again, uh, briefly. So yesterday we were told by uh, Leo that this is the last intervention they'll make before next year's budget. And there won't be any month, anything else until then. Welfare, pensioners, carers, disability, lone parents, etc., etc. Pretty much everyone getting a weekly social welfare payment will receive an additional €200 Euro lump sum in April. In June, there'll be €100 Euro per child extra added to the child's benefit. There will be no further energy credit after this next one that's coming in March. The €200, Euro, or rather 183 when they take the VAT off it. Why they have to do that, I don't know. But there won't be any more of those until at least next winter. The back-to-school allowance remains at the higher rates, depending on the age of your child. School transport coming back, capped for the family at €125. Euro. State exam fees waived again for the Leaving and Junior Cert. And a big expansion in the hot school meals plan. For hospitality, hotels, pubs, restaurants, whatever, the 9% VAT is in place until the end of August. They say that's as far as it goes. Already, the lobby groups are saying, "Uh uh-uh, not having that. This T-Best, the energy support scheme, that's been extended and the criteria changed because businesses were claiming they couldn't get into it. The excise is going to go back on the petrol and the diesel, not in one go at the end of February, but over three phases, June to the end of October. 
And again, they say that's the last intervention in terms of the cost of living this side of the budget. Politicians going to politic, so let us not have a politician. Let us have money, Dr. John Lowe. John, looking at that in terms of the budget and the money in people's pockets, any good? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, politics is politics and they're trying to please all the people all the time. And um, so they put a mishmash of of stuff out there to to help them. And in fairness, it is helping. I mean, 200 euros, uh, you know, for uh, all the social welfare segments and then your 200 euros for energy costs and then a child benefit, an extra 100 euros on top of the 140, but it's a one-off. uh, you know, coupled with all the other uh, things, I, I particularly like the, the hot meals plan. There's a lot of families are saying that their children are going to school um, uh, and they're hungry and they come back hungry and there's virtually no food left uh, in the home. So it, it, everybody is really being affected by by this. And But it has to stop. If, if you just think of the straightforward household budget, you have income coming in on one side and you have expenditure on the other. Um, and, and you have to try and live within that means. Otherwise, you, you've either got to go to savings or overdraft or credit card or whatever if your uh, expenditure has exceeded that income. Government are, are exactly the same. So they just can't keep spending until there's no tomorrow uh, and, and increase the, the, the uh, national debt. Yeah. They have to stop at some stage. That's why we've got a real problem with pensions in 20, 30 years' time. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you worry where it's going to stop, though. I, I just refer back to the email we got this morning from, from Sarah, John. Um, she just got her ESB bill, €2,022.94. That's more than her wages. And that's that's nearly criminal. That is, I don't know what's happening there. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it has been uh, kind of uh, uh, stated that the oil central heating oil system is the cheapest of all the systems. Um, so those who are air to water pumps, it's expensive to put in, it's expensive to run, and uh, it seems to be going away with with these uh, with these bills. This is where they so want us what... all to go, though, John. They want us to get rid of the oil. They want us to get rid of the gas. They want us to have all yeah. air to water. Are we all facing bills like that? Well, the only thing I noticed on that particular letter from Sarah, and my heart goes out to her, and all the families out there who are in the same boat, <clears throat> is the fact that uh, did she have her heating on at 20 degrees all the time? Uh, so there was a, a level there, and they have, you know, 17 degrees for the for the, the hot water, whatever. That's a lot of, that's 24 hours. Um, you know, I've, I've said before, if you, you decrease your, your, your thermostat by one degree, you'll save 10% of the bill. But she said she did nothing differently to last year. But I'm just wondering, does she stay in the house the whole time? I mean, during the night, you don't need to have the heating on at all. And, you know, so from the time you go to bed, it's 11 o'clock and you get up at maybe 6, 7, um, then there should be no heating on in the house. And let it go down cold and the heat might come back on again in the morning. Um, little things, you go out, for instance, you're bringing the kids out and you're out for the afternoon or you're out for the whole morning. You don't need heating on in the house. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a thing called a, a Hive and this is not a, an, an advert, but it's it's it's, a, it's an app on my phone and I can I can yeah. turn my heating on or off wherever mm-hmm. I am in the world. The, the, the only not, thing, John, is you, you're not kind of blaming the people there a little bit because... People will do what their people will do. And if someone with small children, they don't want to bring them into a cold house. 
Yeah, okay, that's a fair point. I, I agree. But I'm just trying to think that if, if it's a question of saving money, you know, the most yeah. important thing is we're back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, accommodation, and, and clothing. Yeah. So the food is the, probably the most important yeah. thing. Actually, here's, here's, another, here's another stat that's come in from someone who got a bill recently. Yeah. Just come in there on the phone. That's, they just check their bills. The number of units this year versus the number of units last year was virtually the same. Uh, the bill is three times higher. Uh, no doubt that the energy costs have certainly uh, gone. I mean, I, I also think it's criminal that the energy companies have made so much disgusting profits. Um, that That's really, uh, I mean, you mentioned the windfall tax. That's going to happen, obviously. But, I mean, to even, you know, see that they're making these huge profits and knowing that they're heaping misery on a lot of families around the country, there's something wrong. Yeah, there's some, some you know, um, it's, it's, it's I, getting to the point where morals are, are starting to take over. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You, unfortunately, money and morals don't mix. There are no morals in business, John, as you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, even the businesses are, are, are suffering as well. I, I did see that they've got the temporary business energy support scheme uh, change. That's a little bit of a... Uh, that was very help. hard to get into. And one businessman explained that to me a couple of weeks ago. He said, it's not all it's cut out to be. It's very hard to qualify for it. They've changed that. Well, yeah, well, you've, you've got to show that your energy costs have increased by 30%. And then the businesses get 50% back to a maximum now. Instead of 10,000, up to 15,000. That's the, the, the nub end of it. But it, it's... It's, it's a help. Everything is a help. Like your, your, uh, you know, hundred euros child benefit. That's a help. That'll mm-hmm. maybe put a bit more food on the table. But it's a one-off. Sadly, the child uh, clothing and footwear uh, benefits as well. They they've increased by hundred euros each. So if you're children between four and eleven, you'll now get three hundred and sixty for this year. And if you've got children between twelve and twenty-two, and the 22 year old are obviously uh, third level students, four hundred and eighty-five. So. It's all a help. Yes, um, yes. You know, an argument being made. Said, so this has been totaled up to one point. I think one point three billion. They say this package. Now, last year when I spoke to him, um, Minister Michael McGrath said that there was roughly six billion there in a surplus, 
and the argument was being made yesterday, John. Well, they could have gone a bit deeper into that. Could they? Absolutely, they could have. Um, but it, it's also, I mean, as you pointed out earlier, you know, even the, the VAT that's going up on these energy costs, they're getting that. They're collecting it. Yes. The coffers are, 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 are getting more and more. They're, they're increasing. And yes. as I say, they're going to have more tax going in because when they put this windfall tax on these companies, there's more money coming into the coffers. Yeah. So, Actually, here's, um, another, here's another question that you, you'll, your, your neutral head will answer for me, I expect. Um, we are very rigid here in terms of following the rules of the EU with regard to VAT. And in Spain and Portugal and France... They just said, we're protecting our people. We're going to cut the VAT, slash the VAT, in fact. And you can just suck it up, Brussels. <laughs> like, should we, or would there, be an, would there be a danger, John, if Michael McGrath turned around to Brussels and said, suck it up, Brussels. This is what we're doing for our people. No, if you're in a club, a PJ, you've got to follow the rules of the club, unfortunately. Otherwise, there's no point in being in the club. Now, I mean, France and Spain, um, they will suffer for that at a later stage. Uh, they might get away with it for the moment. Mm. Um, I'm not sure that's a good idea. Um, I, I've always done everything up front straight. And uh, there's, there's no point in, in antagonizing our our kind of fellow members in the EU. Um, I, I would honestly, I think that your, your point about the 6 billion and they only put in 1.3 billion on this package, yes, they could have done a bit more without actually having to stop that and, and all the rest of it. Because uh, the, the, or, the, or the checker receipts are, are sky high. Yeah, they are. And we're and, full and, employment. And, so the taxes coming in, they could have spent more yesterday. I would have thought it, it was probably uh, conducive to their image uh, especially if they want to get in again at the next election to, to have done that, that, that would have been politic. Yeah, there you go. John, thank you very much. John Lowe, Money Doctor John Lowe. Look up his book. Go into Easton's or Waterstones or wherever you buy your books and pick up his book because one thing about it, his book will save you money. It'll cost you about 20 quid to buy, but it will save you money. Thanks, John. 0818969696. We'll be talking to uh, Ken O'Connell, the electrician, tomorrow about the cost of lecky and the bills and the amounts and the units. And is there any way to keep it down? But there's John. And yes, they could have dug deeper into the six billion yesterday. Yes, they could have dug deeper into it because we're at full employment, because tax is rolling in, because every time you look at the exchequer figures now, they're higher than anticipated. So they have the money and it's coming in. So John's cold clinical assessment of it is that um, they could have done more with the money they have yesterday. Oh, it won eight ninety six ninety six ninety six on Sarah's electricity bill. Yeah, you could turn the heating off when you're going out. You could have your children come into a cold house. You could do all those things. You don't need the heating on overnight. We don't. We haven't had the heating on. We don't unless it's really cold. Like unless I go out at eleven o'clock and there's frost on the car. I don't put the heating on overnight. Uh, there are times that you need heat at night. Poor people, people with cancer, they really feel the cold. Young babies have to be fed as well. That's a good point. That's a good point. PJ, I think the advice is leave air to on, air to water on all the time and just have it, re- have it regulated. I'm not sure the advice is to switch it off. Yeah, I don't fully understand those 
air to water systems all I know is that they cost a fortune and the Greens love them and they cost an absolute mint to put them in as well 0818 96 96 96 and then this comes in in the middle of it all Corn Market <coughs> excuse me Corn Market Street half past ten in the morning three men drinking vodka what has the city come to? there's a guard the station 100 yards down the road three fellas sitting in the street drinking vodka which is illegal sitting drinking vodka in the street is illegal that's that's just the truth Dermot Kennedy live in Las Vegas win your way there with Cork's 96 FM you'd be a fan Yvonne would you? I do I think he's wonderful altogether have you seen him? I actually haven't. I was supposed to go to Most Great Park down the last time, but I was ill, so I'd love to see him. Yeah, the, the weather was awful in, in Muzzer. It was indeed, but I don't think... It wouldn't have stopped me. You'd have slightly better weather guaranteed to you in in Vegas. Oh, yeah, I actually was in Vegas years and years Where ago, so I'd love to go back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus, it was about 14 years ago, I'd say. So. Right. It's, it's kind of like a carnival that never stops. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But I'm ready for it. I'm sure you are. Would you <laughs> Would you bring Ronan? Do you know now? We'll see how he behaves between now and May if I'm not going to be pulled out. He's on a warning rather than a promise. Oh, he is indeed. Right. And would I'm he sure I'd have a queue of people to come, so... I'm sure. Does he like Dermot? He will if I tell him to. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> No, he does, he does. I'm sure he does. Listen, it's hard not to, to be fair. Right. Oh, yeah, he's wonderful. Okay, you know the deal with the slot machine. Would you prefer a Dermot question or a Vegas question? You know, I don't mind either way. You don't mind either way. Let's see. Because you've been to Vegas. I know it was 14 years ago, but it sounds like someplace you'd never forget. And you're a massive Dermot fan. All right, let's see what's in the slot machine for you, Yvonne. It says, ask her about Dermot. Okay. All right. So, this is a true or false question. He was the most, on Apple Music, you've heard of Apple Music, he was the most streamed Irish artist of all of them on Apple Music in 2022. Is that true or is it false? I would say true. You would be saying right. It is true. He was the most streamed Irish artist on Apple Music in 2022. I follow him on Spotify, so I know just how many streams he gets. It's it's colossal. Absolutely colossal. It's one of the biggest excellent, Irish acts in the world. Excellent. You are through to the draw. That's great. I'll be doing a no-bean in between now and Monday. So. <laughs> Ronan, is Ronan at work or is he there? He's, oh, he's at work. Right. Ronan, whatever she does or tells you to do between now and next week, you need to do it. Right? You need to be on your best behaviour. And at the weekend, maybe you know, a little bottle of wine and a few flowers or something might just, you know, make sure that your name is on that ticket if we get you to go. Yvonne Ryan from Gladwire, thanks for being a good sport, a good bit of fun. Latest qualifier on our giveaway. What a giveaway. Five days in Las Vegas in May to see Dermot Kennedy live at the Chelsea at the Cosmopolitan on the 19th put you up in a nice hotel give you money in your pocket and what's more we'll even fly you home afterwards on Cork's 96 FM Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line With the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM 
Get ready to meet the Quartz 96 FM Street Fleet. Heading your way soon. Join the Street Fleet this Thursday from 12 at Chemist Warehouse, now open at West City Retail Park, Balancolic. We'll be there to celebrate the grand opening with music, exclusive opening specials, spot prizes and lots more. Join us this Thursday from 12 at Chemist Warehouse, now open at West City Retail Park, Balancolic with Cork's 96FM. News just breaking. Remember last month Google said it was going to cut the owner of Google, Alphabet, announced it was going to cut 6% of its global workforce, around about 12,000 jobs. It's just emerged this morning, 240 Irish jobs going in Google. Uh, 85 are in sales, 80 are in technology and engineering, and the remaining 75 cuts will be across different support functions, as they say. About 4% of the 5,500 people that Google employ in Ireland and there are talks to begin on a package that's unfortunate news <laughs> excuse me Hi 96 of M regarding our ministers travelling abroad would it make more sense to see uh, and cost less to bring those foreign ministers to see our beautiful country that's from Catherine it's a point many people Catherine have made many times and, it, and it's valid. 0818 96 96 96. We're getting a few responses to Emma's story from earlier about her deposit on her car. And I will come back to that. We got some advice from William Harvey and I will come back to it. And also a few things coming in about air to water and Sarah's outrageous electricity bill of 2,200 and odd euro. Paul got on the WhatsApp. DJ, first of all, first off with the estimated bill for that lady. Our last bill was 400 euros estimated from the time before it was read. My brother had an estimated bill from his business. And it turns out when he sent in the meter, meter reading, they charged them the full price of the increase from the last time the bill was read, not from when the increase went up. So I'd get, advise her to get onto her supplier get the price that it was when it was last read, the price when it went up from the estimated bill and get them to calculate the difference because I'd say that there might be a small bit of a good bit of an overcharge there. That's a very good point, Paul. Thank you. It's a bit complex in what he's saying, but I get the gist of it. I get the gist of it. Another thing I'd be doing is advising Sarah straight away. Straight away. Uh, Yeah, try and cut a deal with your supplier, but certainly get your ass onto bunkers or switcher or someone of those and get yourself a better deal for the next time because I say this and I, I don't want to come across as anyone promoting bunkers but I will say this I have used them and I have saved money for sure I have 0818 96 96 96 do you remember the lovely story last week of the ring uh, we got a call from Mary Mary found a ring in a charity bucket in Ballancolig 10 years ago. And she found it only again recently. And she rang us up to say, come here, this is an awful long shot, but I found a wedding ring in a charity bucket in Ballancolig 10 years ago. Margaret was listening and said, hang on a minute, I think that's my ring. It was. And they met up at the weekend and ring was returned to its owner Ten years later, massive thanks to all involved for getting it returned. That's the kind of thing we love to do. That's the kind of thing that makes it worth coming in to work 
in the morning. 0818 96 96 96. Do you want me to go to Bailey now, Eames, or do you want me to go and read that email that's just come in? I'll go and do Bailey now. Okay. We've talked many times about hyperemesis. And it's, it, it, I think nobody, well, I didn't know about it until Kate Middleton suffered it so badly a few years ago. And when we started talking about it then, God, they came out of the woodwork. Women suffering from this awful form of morning sickness. And morning sickness isn't a fair name because you can be sick around the bleeding clock with this thing. It's not just morning sickness, it's far from it. It's a horrible, horrible thing. And our Bailey, producer on The Score with Trevor. Uh, Bailey, first of all, congratulations on your second pregnancy. But you're going through the whole hyperemesis thing at the moment. Morning to you. Good morning and thank you. Um, Yeah, so second pregnancy and let me say it has not been a walk in the park this time round. You were sick Um, the first time, weren't you, with Roman, but nothing like this? Nothing like this. The first time... Um, you'd almost kind of say it was textbook. It was pretty much just morning sickness. It was like a one and done situation. I'd be sick in the morning and I could go about my business for the rest of the day. But this time around, from about seven weeks, it was constant all day, every day. And it got to the point where I was telling my partner and my family, like, this is like having a severe vomiting bug because no matter what I ate, no matter the time of day, I was sick within minutes. Freaky. So you kind of had to stop eating really, did you? And that's then when I kind of thought I have to go to the GP because I was almost avoiding eating because I knew what would ensue after that. You could and take it, it wasn't take it, then, You could drink water or something. or drink. Could you take a coffee to do... There was nothing I could have. I tried all the tricks in the book. I was trying, you know, leucozades, isotonics, waters, teas, coffees, iced drinks. Nothing was working and it was getting to the point where, you know, you take your folic acid in the morning and just with a glass of water and within 10 minutes, I was either pulling the car over to be sick. I was in the bathroom being sick. I don't think I went to a shop in all of Cork where I wasn't scanning thinking is there a bin or something now I can be sick in if it hits me folic acid, your folic acid was, was making you sick yeah um, and it just got to the point where I said I have to ring my GP because I was worried then obviously the baby's not getting nutrients sure. and all sure. that that's a poor old thing so, so what did the doctor say I went in my GP is great she's been my GP for as long as I'm alive so I went in and I spoke to her and I hadn't actually heard of the drug Caravan until I went and saw my GP. I didn't know that there was a solution to the problem until I had that conversation with her and she said, the only problem is I can't prescribe with you. You need to go to CUMH and have it prescribed by the consultant. Oh, for goodness sake. So I said, OK, no problem, but I'm sure as you know and anyone who's been in an emergency room, you don't just walk in and wait. You don't see the consultant within 10 or 15 minutes. You're waiting. How so long? I, I think I was waiting about eight hours for the consultant to come down. Right. And, you know, I obviously, I understood that there was women in there who had more serious problems than I had who needed to be seen by doctors before I did. And it was just eight hours of sitting there I, there was a vending room, a vending machine in the corner of the room and I went over and I got 
a bottle of Lucasade and a pack of pretzels. And I had to go to the door and ask them, can I have a container to be sick in? Because I will be sick. You just needed this to sustain, sustain yourself, but you still knew it would come up. Yeah, and God. I explained to Fergal when I spoke to Fergal, and it was something I'd said to my GP. I was I was having loss of vision. I was my eyes were going black. That's scary. And it was, I now at this stage was pushing eleven weeks, and I thought, you know what? I remember texting my mom, and I said, I'm just going to go home because. I might be alright once I hit 12 weeks it might subside I'll be fine but she said no stay because you never know mm. so I stayed I finally got called in and the consultant reviewed it and they did a blood draw and they checked everything out just to make sure and everything was fine kind of biologically with me good good nothing was coming up in my blood you know they said your electrolytes and all that are fine you know you're not deficient in anything so they prescribed it to me and I said okay great this is fantastic I walked out of the hospital straight to the chemist across the road and they said oh we don't have it so I was like okay got into the car I rang my local chemist in Rochestown and they said no we don't have it either this now is coming up to you know five o'clock chemists were closing so I rang the late night pharmacy on the Kinsale Road yeah. and they did have it, but they said, we've one box. Okay. So I said, okay, keep it. I'm on the way. I have the prescription. Yeah. So we went straight down and they had it. And I think what a lot of women are complaining about now is not only that it has to be prescribed by the consultant, but it's averaging out at about 80 euro a week for this one box. 80 yeah. That's so, expensive. you know, it's, I kind of thought, you know, if it's going to save, not save my life, but I thought if it's going to get me through the days, oh, I know, I'll take it. 80 euro a week and that, that's, that's 320 quid a month, nine months of a yeah. pregnancy, that's nearly three grand. God Astronomical, oh yeah. So I got it, I went home. After three or four days, I wasn't seeing a difference. Right. And I thought, I've just thrown eight euro down the drain and nothing's happening. I'd gotten to the point where I couldn't leave the bed. <laughs> I had to get alternative care for Roman, who's now four. He's in preschool. I had to have somebody there to collect him and bring him to school. And a lot of times my mom would have to come and watch him in the afternoons because I physically couldn't get out of bed. I was wondering why we didn't see you around here. Yeah, I was very sick. And the days I was in work, I'd very calmly hope out my business. And then I'm surprised I wasn't caught because I would then run the stairs two or three steps at a time to make it to the bathroom. And now I've seen a change. I'm now coming into, you know, approaching the third week on the caravan and it is helping but it's only for me personally, it's only helped the physical urge to vomit and be sick. The nausea is still there. So I know some women find it revolutionary. They th- I've read different stories, you know, it's really helped and it's helping me get out of the house more. I'm not, I was afraid to leave the house because I was terrified. I'd be sick on myself or I'd be sick in the car. Or I'd be sick in the middle of the shop. Yeah. 
but it's kind of taken that aspect away Good. where I now know, you know, if I eat, I'm not going to be sick. But it, that all day nausea is still there. Oh, God. That, that's even, even to hear you say that, that's awful. Imagine that, that feeling that it's, it's on, you're on the edge of it all day. And I've said to people, the feeling that you're going to be sick is almost worse than being sick yeah. because you're constantly waiting for, is it coming? Is it going to come up? Like, what am I going to do? So, so you go, what are you going to do? Are you going to get more? Are you going to take a bigger dose? How, well, you have to go back to the doctor, to, uh, the consultant to get that, do you? So I do, I got a four-week prescription. Right. So at the end of that four weeks, I have been told that the initial prescription has to be prescribed by the consultant, but it can be refilled by my GP. Right, you'll be hoping. Um, but it's still, it'll be the same cost. Um, I'm on four 10 milligram tablets a day, so it's 40 milligrams a day. Right. It's kind of one in the morning, lunch, dinner, bedtime. That's yeah. the way I kind of do it. Right. Um, but it's the the aggro of trying to get it and then once you have it I learned that not every chemist stocks it yeah I, I think it's on the list of stuff that's in short supply at the moment as well yeah and that one box I managed to get from the late night pharmacy I rang them up three or four days later and said okay I'll come and collect the second box and they said oh well we'll have to order it in god yeah so then you're kind of worried that if I miss a dose if I miss a day are you back to square one? Am I back to square one? Yeah. God. Bailey, as you know yourself in here, the clock is our enemy sometimes. Um, look after yourself, girl, will you? I will. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. That's Bailey off uh, from uh, the score with Trevor, Trevor's producer. And congratulations on the pregnancy. I hope it eases out for you. Caravan, she's using Caravan. It's expensive, it's hard to get. And she may need to take more. 
or you can go straight to 96FM dot ie 0818 96 96 the number the terms that the text to whatsapp 083 396 96 96 so bailey's story about hyperemesis and every time we talk about it the phones start to light up because like i said when i first heard of it it was the kate middleton story and i'd never heard of hyperemesis we talked about it here on the program and people began to phone up and say actually it's not just Kate Middleton it's me too Valerie good morning good morning PJ <laughs> I ducked here in the car I had to stop the car and ring you I felt so sorry for that poor girl really because I know exactly what she's going through yeah um, my daughter now is actually 38 and I'm going back in my time and I'm telling you it was horrific I was working in a factory at the time I was very young. Um, I had other choice, blah, blah. Or I said my parents got up and we could try and, you know, get on with things. So we had to go working. And then eventually I got married and got pregnant. But I never witnessed anything like it in my life. I actually, PJ, to be honest with you, I prayed to die. I know it's an awful thing to say, but I actually prayed to die. I was so, so sick. But I... You know, I walked away and I was telling my doctor, but she didn't realise how bad I was. And I suppose I was just used to getting on, you know. Um, it got so bad. My own sister was actually to her own babies. Well, she said it to her nurse up in the hospital. to bring her in straight away. I just said that was about almost pregnant. That, that, that line isn't the best. You said that you literally, like, sometimes even a sup of water would come back up. Oh, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was so sick. I lost three stone PJ. It went down to the whole nine months. Good Lord. Um, I remember going out to my sister. She lived in Swai and I'd have to get my husband to stop the car and turn around. I could actually smell our deep fast fryer. Oh, <laughs> I God. knew I was going out I should be cooking and I'd just vomit in the car. It would be only all water and respect it. If, if Caravan was around at the time, Valerie, would you have taken it? I'd have taken rat poison, PJ. I was all sick. That, that, but, like, I actually know somebody that was looking for it as well, but she uh, had a medical card and she can't afford to pay for it. Yeah, it's it's not on the medical card. That's ridiculous. Like, it's not on the yeah. medical card. It's very expensive and it's in short supplies. Valerie, you might be a lady of slightly, um, shall we just say, you'd be of, of, of an age to remember thalidomide. What is it? Would you remember thalidomide? No, I tell you, PJ, I went into the hospital. When I went into the hospital, there was a, um, a midwife, matron, actually. She was a spinster, and she told me, pop it on and get on with it. What? A midwife told you that? A midwife in Brighton. Could you move to wherever you, were, wherever you were a minute ago? Could you go back there? Because the, I'm going to lose your line. You went in... Yeah. It's it's not the best. We'll try and tidy it up. I'll do do a couple of other comments there, lads. Just try and tidy your line up because it, it would. From what I think, she just told me, a midwife in a hospital told Valerie, "Cop on to yourself and get on with it. Just see if you can't clean up that a little bit for me." Um, hi, PJ. I was on Caravan for my third baby. I had extreme nausea. I couldn't get out of bed, and I missed a month's work. It was a nightmare time. The worst part was it cost me fifty quid a week. It's a scandal that women have to pay so much for these meds. I have to say, Caravan was a game changer for me, though. I wouldn't have survived the pregnancy without it. 
Also, I wasn't vomiting at all. That's quite typical of hyperemesis. I had very extreme nausea and felt like vomiting, but nothing was coming up. So I want women to know you don't have to be vomiting in order to be prescribed Caravan. You just need to be incredibly sick with extreme nausea. That's from Sorica. Thanks for that. Right, we've got a be- hopefully a better line for Valerie. So tell me, you went to a midwife and the midwife told you cop on. She was a midwife inside in St. Finbar's. I was brought in to be put on the drip. Um, she just, I was just being examined and she said, cop yourself on uh, and get on with it. Your only uh, morning sickness. I had a 24 hours around the clock. I couldn't even sleep with her. I was so sick. Good luck. I lost three stone. Yeah. I'll never forget it, PJ. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, that wouldn't be heard of now today. Do you know what I mean? No. No, you'd, you'd, they wouldn't accept it today. Yeah, you'd get the caravan, oh, but it was costly. I was petrified that something would happen, my baby. And in between all that, then I had severe heartburn. I was drinking tubs at the time. There was bicycle powder in a tub. I was yeah. taking one of them nearly every day, and I was afraid of my life. I was doing damage then to my baby. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't much reassurance out there for you, was there? Nothing. There was nothing there, PJ. We just had to get up and get on with it. Uh, I just, I couldn't, I, I can't explain. You'd have to actually go through it to understand how sick you are. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, there, 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 there was a drug. There was a drug. I was brought it up with you before. And I think a lot of people are very frightened of Caravan because of the the history of this thalidomide was a drug that yeah. was first sold in Ireland in, in 1959 um, and people began to take it and from what you're told it worked and was very good but then babies were born with huge disabilities and and eventually it was taken yeah. as a shelf and banned yeah. it was an awful thing I probably wouldn't take it I'd probably have to suffer and I wouldn't take D- it Did you ever come across it in your time? No no, I was never told anything. I was just told, get on with it. And <laughs> that's what I don't teach it. That was awful. That, that was so that was so cruel. That was so cruel. Do you think, yeah, Valerie, but- you know, looking back on your own life and, and your own pregnancies, you know, sometimes sometimes you get accused these days, the, we in the media are sometimes accused of going soft. But I think we're just, we just care a little more. I think so, yeah. It's no harm to care for people, you know. No matter what, yeah, like sir. really, women don't deserve that kind of um, sickness. Yeah, they don't right. deserve anything bad in general. But like, you, as I say, Peter, you'd have to actually go through it to understand how it is violent. And that's all I can say. This is just a violent sickness. Well, actually, my own daughter went through it as well. Oh, so I don't know. Is it hereditary? This I, is. I have it. This yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter had it in her two pregnancies and I had it on mine. I don't know how I got pregnant again, but, <laughs> you know, I did. I can... Yeah, I think I remember asking someone that a couple of years ago. Um, she'd had it on her first pregnancy. She was a young woman. She'd had it on her first pregnancy and she said never again. And she was actually pregnant when she was talking to me. And I said, I thought, oh, you, God, I thought you said never yeah. again. She said, well, I tell you, yeah. you can blame Liverpool. <laughs> and you know the funny thing is the minute my daughter was born you like the pregnancy was great thank god but like the minute she was born do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just said 
Jeg tror, jeg er mere burger. Hvor er det problemet? Nej, jeg tror, 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 I know. That's what I mean. Valerie, great talking to you, even if it was a, a bum line. Happens sometimes. Thanks for that. 0818 96 96 96. Yes, it might be new to to some listeners, younger listeners. It was an awful thing. It was a, it was a drug, morning sickness drug, went on sale in Ireland in 1959, worked brilliantly for the morning sickness. But... Not all babies, some babies were born with what could only be described as catastrophic disabilities. I was in college with a chap. He was doing a law degree, I think, at the time. And he had he had thalidomide. He was affected. His mother had taken thalidomide and he was affected by it. And he had he'd no arms, really. He kind of had two little elbows, two little stumps. Now, what he was able to do and what he had adapted to do, he went away with a first-class honours law degree. He was, but he, that was the thalidomide, so I, I, I knew. And the next thing that happened was the second generation, some of those people's children. So the children who were affected by thalidomide, some of them went on to have children affected by the same disabilities. Terrible thing. Caravan, on the other hand, is completely safe. It's been used in Europe for years. It's kind of new to Ireland, but it's been used across Europe for years. I think they've been, they've been giving it out in Spain. And I think, I don't know, but I think in Spain it's, it's fairly cheap as well. Isn't everything cheap in Spain, medicines-wise? Caravan's been in Spain and across Europe for years and works really well, and there's no reason to be fearful of it. But a lot of people who remember thalidomide, so what would happen is, say, your mother had you in the time of thalidomide, and she remembers what happened. Mothers were saying, oh God, stay away from that. I know, the caravan is completely safe. Completely safe. 0818969696. Anne, I suffered from nausea during pregnancy, something terrible. I was having my daughter. The GP used to get the district nurse to give me an injection every morning that helped to stop the vomiting. Remember, some days we had to send for the GP and get another injection so I could go to sleep. I have to say, though, she was the biggest and the healthiest baby of all time. And on the shortage, just on the lady you have on and pharmacies not having medicine, this is Bailey, who was on before 11, we'll podcast that. I was in COH with my two-year-old, got a prescription, walked to the chemist across the road, they didn't have it, went to the shopping centre to Boots, they didn't have it, walked around to the other chemist in the shopping centre, O'Sullivan's, they didn't have it, but they rang their branch in Kinsale Road, uh, sorry, they rang the Kinsale Road late night chemist, Feelings, and got them to hold it for me, so fair play for that. Because I wouldn't have a clue where to go, says Matthew. Yeah, there's a, I th- they they have a there's a briefing comes out now every couple of days. Like Two hundred and forty six regularly prescribed medicines and regularly taken over the counter medicines are now in a short supply, uh, and some of them are epilepsy medicines and painkillers and antibiotics and you name it. It's a real problem. You can find the list if you just Google. Uh, medicines in short supply Ireland it'll it'll lead you to the appropriate website and there's a list there so you can kind of find out whether your medicine is in short supply but imagine that imagine getting a prescription for a two year old I mean you'd be worried about the little smallie so you bring the smallie to the hospital and the doctor sees the smallie and says ah no smallie would be fine just take that 
give it that you go across to the one across the road haven't got it Boots haven't got it O'Sullivan's haven't got it you'd be frantic wouldn't you and then in fairness to Connor and the team down at uh, Kinsale Road they they had it but like in in Bailey's case they only had the one box left 0818 96 96 96 Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line With the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM If you want the most stylish fashionable doggy on the street stick around Dylan and Benjamin holding on for me there uh, Hold on for me lads for just a minute We'll get to talk in just a sec But... Lisa, you work in a pharmacy. Morning. Hi, good morning. You were listening to Bailey and the other callers. Yeah, um, I just caught on there briefly, but um, just the cost of the caravan there was just like a few times there we've had ladies who really needed it and like that, it's not covered on any scheme. Like we had one lady there, she was after spending 90 euro every couple of weeks in a row on it and we just stopped taking the fee off her because we just felt awful. Is it covered by drugs by the drugs card, the drugs payments drug card? No, um, I'm actually on Mashley at the moment and myself, but the last time I was at work, it wasn't. Anyway, it's not covered under any scheme, so they just have to pay for it. Okay, but something. And then if they're on any other medication, they're paying that as well on top of it. Like yeah. so. Something else is that you wanted to bring to our attention. The which? Something else is covered, though, that you wanted oh, to bring I to my attention. Then, like you know there's an item then that you can get prescribed on a scheme for men, Sidenafil, that's covered on all the schemes. Sidenafil, that's Viagra, isn't it? Uh, exactly, yeah. So <laughs> oh, right, covered. okay. So that's over the counter now, too. <laughs> so, but, like, you know, they need it, that's fine, but that is covered on a scheme, and I'm just saying, like, if I wonder if a man needed to take carbon, if they were suffering, couldn't get out of bed, vomiting, carrying a child, would they consider putting caravan on a scheme? Well, Lisa, you know what I've always said, and I'll say it again, if if men had the first child, they'd never have been the second one. Oh, we say it, is that? <laughs> you know, it's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah, so you can get Viagra on the drug payment scheme or over the, or okay. over, and over the counter, but you can't get Caravan over the counter or on the drug payment scheme. No. And, like, I understand there's different costs, obviously. It's very expensive. But, like, I don't know, if you have a consultant from your... or a letter from your consultant saying you really need Caravan, maybe they should consider having it covered under a scheme yeah. or even capping it like you know if you need to take it more than twice like, yes 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 and it's not as if they're taking it all the time they're only taking it for the duration of the pregnancy so. yes yes okay Lisa thanks for that Lisa works in a pharmacy <laughs> you can get Viagra over the counter and it's covered by the drug payment scheme Kira got on to say PJ with regard to the drug payment scheme you don't pay over 80 a month for your prescriptions most households are entitled to it, but it's not very well advertised. I was recently on blood thinners during my pregnancy, and they would have cost me five five hundred a month if it wasn't for that scheme. A very helpful nurse in the CUMH told me about it, as I didn't have a clue. It was great, says Kira. And yeah, the drug payment scheme is brilliant, but I think, and we're probably open to correction on this, just in case they have put it on. But Caravan, at the time of us looking into this. Caravan is not on the drug payment scheme because that's listed. There's a list there as well. So, but thank you, Kira. 0818 96 96 96. Now, talk about coming up with an idea and running with it. 
and then realising, hold on a cotton-picking minute here, as uh, Del Boy used to say this time next year, we'll be millionaires. Dylan Church and Benjamin Church, good morning. Good morning, PJ, how are you? How are you, lads? Very good now, fantastic. Ecclesia, doggy fashion. Tell me more. Who came up with the idea? Um, well, I suppose, I mean, the idea of class theology, is, uh, there's multiple avenues, really. I mean, I guess myself and Ben, we've always wanted to be like entrepreneurs, you know, be our own bosses, have that financial freedom and freedom to travel the world and work. But then, of course, then, like, the most important thing was the bond we have with our dogs, you know. So I guess, like, um, like myself and Ben, like, you know, we really do cherish the bond with our dogs. We're, we completely believe that your dog is an extension of your personality. And I guess we were just looking to take that to the next level. And that's where Ecclesia was founded then. Ecclesia. They're jackets, but they're more than that. Tell me. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, like, do you want to go? Um, Basically, there's, it's streetwear. So, like, there's a lot of dog jackets available out there, but there's no dog jackets like this because with these jackets, I mean, it's more relatable to a human. Like, it's more of an extension of your personality because, like, you know, as a human, you know, you can dress yourself and you can express who you are and how you feel through what you wear in your clothes. And being able to add a piece of that to your dog, I suppose, just can really express the bond that you have together and, you know, really show the world how much you care about your dog and just, I suppose, adding a piece of your personality to them as well. So you can match, Ben, you can match your dog's clothes to your toes? Exactly that. Okay, okay. (laughs) It's, It's a great idea. Dylan, so... You, you brought you, you you designed it you got it made and then the orders started coming in yeah we definitely um, we definitely got off to a great start here at Ecclesia and one thing I always like to take the opportunity just to thank like the people of, of Ireland and especially the people of Cork for just like the, the great support they've shown us from the start like I mean for being a startup company and kind of risking it all we just got so much support and feedback of all the local people like so we are so grateful for everyone involved and um, honestly yeah I mean it just blew off from the start, really. Like, I mean, we went kind of viral on TikTok. We got the social media up and running. A lot of a lot, a lot of events on the ground. Like, so we got the name out there fast. And I'm just so grateful for everyone who's been showing their support from the start. Your own, your own little doggy Freya is your model. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a model. She doesn't even know it. <laughs> she's with us literally every hour of the day. Yeah, that's uh, and so where are the orders coming from? Uh, I mean, the orders they're actually coming from all over the world. I mean. Right now, like the majority of our orders would be Ireland, UK, but we have like we've the furthest order we've probably done has been to USA. We've had a few to like Lithuania, um, France, you know, a few countries in Europe. So we're really getting the brand out there. All this out of the house and tower. That's right. That's correct. Where did the name Ecclesia come from? Well, that's actually a secret for now. <laughs> you see. I'm going to throw something out there and you can say yes or no or tell me I'm halfway there, right? All right, go for it. Your surname is Church. Yeah. <laughs> Ecclesia has to do with the church. It does. You weren't supposed to say that, though. <laughs> well, ecclesiastical is church-related, isn't it? No, nah, you have it spot on there, to be fair. <laughs> Just a guess. That was a wild guess. <laughs> you know what? That was, a, that was a very educated guess, I must say. I just saw it. A great guess to make on the radio as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you both gave up your jobs to do this. Yeah, we just we just took the risk, really. You know, we just kind of decided, really, like, you know, if we were going to make this work, we had to go all in and just take that risk and just go headfirst into the deep end. And I could never be more grateful that we made that decision because I think because of that is why we are where we are now. There's another statistic that 
I just went, there's how much money in this business? The doggy accessory or pet accessory business is a global business worth $29 billion a year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Americans spend $7 billion a year on their pets alone, like so it's a massive industry. And like I suppose we just took our own spin and created our own niche out of it because we wanted to differentiate ourselves in the market and really kind of stand out, you know. $29 billion quid. So where are you getting it made? Are you making it yourselves or what are you doing? Uh, yeah, we get the jackets manufactured, but, you know, we have a good team around us of, like, you know, we have a graphic designer and people like that that have really helped us, you know, come up with the designs and influence our decisions in terms of what jackets uh, we created. Gotcha. Lads, the best of luck. Thank the you best, very much. Thank the best much. of luck. Ecclesia, um, classy streetwear for dogs. You and some, I know some people, everything has to match. The runners have to match the hat. The hat has to match the watch. The watch, the jeans have to match. So <laughs> yes, now sir. the dog, now the dog can match the owner. Yes, it can. Exactly. Yeah. Couldn't say it better. I guess we're just trying to allow people to express their personality to the next level. And like, I think as dog owners, especially like dog owners understand the bond we share with each other. They're almost like, they're really just become part of the family now. Like they're with us like 24 hours of the day. I mean, half of the dogs are probably up in the bed with their owners now at this stage. So, I think uh, putting a jacket on your dog isn't the <laughs> isn't the craziest, uh, craziest idea anymore. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at your at your range here now, and, and is that free? Uh, modeling everything. Uh, most of the stuff. Yeah, she's a dove. She's a little beauty. She, yeah, the Liberty she's... jacket in orange or red or black. Ah, yeah. lads. This time next year, not only will you be millionaires, it'll be two big celebrities to be able to talk to a little humble fellow like me. Oh, for sure, man. We'd be delighted to come back on sometime. So thrilled for you. That's, it's, it's a brilliant idea. And I would, be, I would have been one of these fellows who said, sure, the dog doesn't need a coat at all. Listen, if there's people out there going to spend 29 billion a year on accessories, <laughs> go for it, boys. Lovely write-up as well about you in Corkpio. Thank you very much. Dylan Church and Benjamin Church, the brothers behind Ecclesia. Ecclesia, E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A dot I-E. You'll find it all there. Did you know that? Like, that's something I didn't know when I got out of bed this morning and was making me breakfast. Doggy accessories globally, like jackets and collars and whatever else you put on your doggy. 20, 29 billion, billion, not million, billion. That's 29,000 million yo-yos a year. People spent on stuff for their dogs. Wowzers. If you don't have a measuring tape to measure your dog, now this is, to, this is called thinking of everything because a lot of houses wouldn't have a measuring tape in them now you know you'd have, you might have a, a, a you know these lasers measuring they actually click you on a link to print out a measuring tape you can actually print onto a piece of paper a measure to measure your dog that's clever that's brilliant just before I go to a break I wanted to mention this because there was mass yesterday down at Clownton Church, Sacred Heart Church, Father Damien O'Mahony, paying tribute to a man he knew well, and that was David O'Connell, the bishop from down there, who was shot dead at his home in Los Angeles on Saturday. And a lot more has emerged now about Bishop Dave, as he was known in the locality. Uh, he was baptised, born and bred and reared in Glanton, baptised in 1953, um, he visited home Cork quite regularly 
and said mass in the church whenever he was home and was well known in the area. Uh, He worked constantly with the feuding gangs of Los Angeles. If you know anything about America and big cities of America, they have feuding gangs in LA. It's a serious problem. It has been. Go right back to the, the days of Rodney King. Again, younger listeners might not remember the days of Rodney King. In the very early 90s, there was uh, riots for days after four white police officers beat a man called Rodney King. And there was a it was riots and gangland recrimination. And in the middle of all that, trying to bring peace to it and try to bring the gangland people back on side and calm things down was Bishop Dave. He studied for the priesthood at All Hallows in Dublin and he was ordained in 79 and then went on to uh, LA for nearly nearly 50 years. He lives in a place called Denlu Avenue. Never heard of it, never been to LA. But um, he uh, was made a bishop in 2015 and continues to live in the same place, known locally as Bishop Dave, known to everybody as Bishop Dave, involved in trying to keep peace between Los Angeles's gangs. And one thing, the loveliest thing that I read about him in the last 24 hours or 48 hours since his tragic murder, they don't know yet who did it. Uh, they don't know who did it or why. But uh, he spoke perfect Spanish, fluent Spanish. In Los Angeles, a lot of people would have Spanish uh, as, a, as a second language. It's kind of the thing when you live there. Oh, a man has been arrested. Yes, the husband of this, the husband of his, of his uh, housekeeper has been arrested. He hasn't been charged yet, though. There's been no charges brought yet, but there is a man in custody. But the, the nicest thing I read about Bishop Dave was he spoke perfect Spanish. But when he did, his Cork accent came back out. I thought that was lovely. You know, imagine being as long as he would be in the States. You'd develop that kind of a, a twang, as they'd say. <laughs> but when he spoke Spanish fluently, he spoke perfect Spanish. His Cork accent came out. I thought that was the nicest and probably the saddest thing I read about him in the last couple of days. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's ninety six FM. I must before we finish get to those comments regarding Emma. And Emma's situation with the car, she thought last week she might like to pay her her to change her car. She went to a garage, she test drove a car, she gave them a thousand euro deposit. Um, She went home and as people do, she changed her mind. She told them literally the following day, sorry lads, I sort of acted a bit hastily, I'd like me a thousand euro back please. And they're not inclined to give it to her. We had William Harvey, the solicitor on. And he was explaining that she might end up going to the small claims court because she should be entitled to at least some of it back. But uh, we we had a few more calls about that. I'll try to get them either before the end of the day or tomorrow for sure. But first, we're often asked on this programme to find strange things for people or find people to match them with strange things. 
But Dara, I think this just about beats all. Um, your 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 girlfriend is Chinese and is from a place called what's a mega city? What's a mega city? Well, basically, PJ, in China, there's uh, she's she's from a large city next to uh, near to Shanghai in south southern China. And uh, the Chinese, like, when the Chinese do cities, they really do cities. I mean, my girlfriend would have grown up to adulthood and she would never have seen a blade of grass, like. Never seen grass? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So um, when when she was on the China, on the internet in China and looking for a place to study for her master's, uh, she chose Ireland, basically, because on, on the internet in China, it's all green grass and cows and lambs and sheep. Mm. So that's why she came here to study, yeah? Uh, yeah, she came to do a master's in UCC. She did a master's in, in human resource management. Okay, okay. And have you ever have you ever been over to China, where she's from? Uh, I have, yeah. I haven't been to her cities in particular, but I've travelled around China a few times. I spent a lot, lot, lot of time in Asia. Yeah, so you can appreciate. And it's, it's, it's a fascinating thing, isn't it, Darren? I guess here in Ireland, it would never come to, to mind that you can grow up yeah. to adulthood. And and go to college and get a degree and never see grass or fields or cows or wow, absolutely yeah yeah and like that's what attracts a lot of the Asian market to Ireland um, the idea that uh, it's all green grass and patched cottages and uh, so like her greatest her greatest wish when she came to Ireland um, was that she wanted to suckle a lamb and uh, I lamb, told her yeah? that wow yeah to to feed a lamb a bottle of milk, basically, to kind of suckle a lamb. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Now, we're coming, in, we're coming into lambing season, if my agricultural memory serves me correctly. You're right. You're right, PJ, yeah, absolutely. So um, there will be so, lots of little lambs born. Have you, you... You've checked all the petting farms, have you? I've checked all the petting farms in Cork. Um, the only one that could, would be able to help me would be Rumley's out in Bishopstown. Mm. Um, they have lambs and you can you can feed them, but uh, Rumley's isn't open until the 4th of March. Okay. Um, so, like, uh, I, this is kind of what I do anyway, so I said that I'd help her out and uh, I, I'd... Uh, I, Fergal asked, asked me would I come on P, uh, the PJ Coogan show. And uh, basically put a request out there for anyone who has any kind of sheep farmer. Right. Um, yeah. They're all lambing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, she just wants season, to, apparently. She just wants to take a lamb, hold it in her arms, and feed it a bottle of milk. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, PJ, that's she's pretty much about it. She's come to the other side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's her yeah. name, Dara? Uh, her name is Chang, Chang. and uh, she's too good for me at the best of times. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure who can help. I know there's lots of farmers listening, and there would be sheep farmers. A lot of sh- sheep out around Knockrahaway, for example. Okay, uh, and right. that's uh, a lot of. Uh, so, uh, you'd like it to be within taxi distance, or maybe maybe a farm might be in the end of a country bus route or something. Um, so, yeah. So let's see if anybody can help. This lovely Chinese lady who's come from her native home. Imagine never seeing a blade of grass or a field or a cow or a sheep or a lamb until you're an adult. And now she's come to Ireland doing a master's and she wants to feed a lamb a bottle of milk. And she wants, Dara is her boyfriend, and wants to do it for her or bring it for, bring her to do it as quickly. Can anybody help? Can anybody make that, that happen? Because it'll be 
It would be the cutest thing we ever did. Come here to me. Do I? By the way, now that I'm talking to you, do I half recognise your voice? Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I've, I've been on the show. Uh, it was a good while ago. Now I think. Yeah. Well, go on. Uh, r- r- refresh my memory. Um. Oh, it could have been. Um. Well, there was. There could have been about an antisocial. Um. Uh, there was a big bit of antisocial behaviour up in um near the city centre. Um, because someone drew a swastika on uh, on a building. Yeah. Um, that could have been it, yeah. Do you do a history tour, by any chance? I do indeed, yeah. I do, PJ, yeah. I do, um, I, I create uh, memorable experiences for people in Cork City. Um, so for people who are tired of doing the same old thing in Cork City, you know, like going out drinking pubs, and sure. I do kind of, um, now I have you. like, private sessions with channel singers and uh, in, uh, traditional Celtic storytellers and things like that, you know. Fantastic, fantastic. And it's going well for you? Yeah, it's going really well. Yeah, I just had a big book in there yesterday, so uh, that's uh, that's great. I'd say Chang like, is absolutely fascinated people. with all that too, is she? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take her out to pull a point again this now, um, in the next week or two. Deadly. All right, or, listen. Uh, if anybody can help with this, to find a lamb to feed a bottle to that can be quite easily got to gotten to uh, that they can contact us and we'll put them in touch with you how's that that would be great thanks VJ I'd, right. I'd, uh, I'd really appreciate anyone's help alright Dara thank you and our best to Chang let's see that's a, that's a bit of a challenge now 0818969696 or 0833969696 do you remember about this time two weeks ago we were toing and froing with Kim over at Altonan uh, they were trying to get, or Altonan International they were trying to get aid for Turkey uh, in the wake of the earthquake and they came to us to see could we help to get the aid in well not only did it come in it came in in floods and people were so so generous Begum joins me who's also connected to Altonan uh, Begum um, good to speak with you good morning the response was was something phenomenal morning to you Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm very well. Kim, who talked to me first, that's your sister-in-law, yeah? Yes, that's correct. Okay, the response was phenomenal. It was astounding, PJ. Uh, Thanks to you, we put the call out and uh, the response from the court people, like we we never expected that this was going to happen and we ended up collecting thousands of boxes and we delivered, like with Altonen, we delivered nearly 4,000 cubic feet of donations to the embassy. That was amazing. Altonen actually ran out of its own storage space, like a storage company, a transport company ran out of storage (laughs) space. Yes, the, the original call was just for Friday. We were doing collections on Friday and people started showing up on our doors starting from Thursday up until Saturday. And I must really thank to, to different people for helping us on this. Actually, um, there was Chris Graham and Felipe from Cork City Missing Persons Search and Rescue Team who, who were running all around the county and they collected boxes, they assisted us with sorts 
sorting and packing and everything. And there was also Emily and Pat from Morgan's Day Break who, yeah. on Ontramore Road, and they were doing the same. They collected vans full of donations, and I'm not even counting the individuals that brought boxes into our yard at the moment. And we ended up using four vans to go up to up to uh, the embassy. It's an incredible response, it really is. I know that in the zone itself, Begum, there's been more bad news this week with another tremor. Like, you were in touch, I take it, with people uh, from your home parts. How are things... Well, PJ, the things are not good. It's not looking good. As as you know, the tremors that happened this week, there was two more. It, it, it gave damage, more damage, and more buildings collapsed after that. The the ones that were already um, damaged, they, they collapsed, some of them. And unfortunately, six more people died. People are living in tents at the moment because they don't want to go into their houses. Yeah. Most of the houses are damaged, and there is no water, and there is limited electricity. The embassy is now telling to people that we need more tents because people really, really don't want to stay in their houses. It's very dangerous. And um, they're also calling for mobile toilets so that people people can do some cleaning, you know. Um, so thing, things are, are difficult at the moment. And it's still winter and it'll be some time yet before the weather warms up. Yep, definitely. We were, we were in Turkey with my husband until two weeks ago. So the the incident happened only one day or two days after we came back to Cork and it was already very cold. So this is the winter time in Turkey and I know that the Irish people usually think that Turkey is a summer country, like yeah. it's always warm, but it's actually not true for winter times. It's freezing cold at the moment, there's ice, there's, there's uh, snow and people are struggling with it. Yeah. And some people got no clothes on because it was the night time, you know. Some some people were out from the street. The only clothes they had on them were the pajamas they were wearing in bed. It was so so tragic to to see that. Do you have exactly. family or connections in the zone, Begum? I have friends. I have friends, many friends in the area, and some people that helped us with the collection. They had their families in the area. So I'm talking about people who are Turkish citizens and who are living in Cork to do their PhDs or their researchers at the university. And they have their families in Hatay, in Malatya, in Antakya, um, in, in that area. And we got bad news from some of them. So th- things are not that good, you know. But the tragedy has certainly touched us here locally in more ways than just one. Will more aid be needed, do you think? Yep, definitely, definitely. This is an ongoing thing. They're saying that, look, the area is still dangerous. So we are expecting more tremors in the area because this is a very active line at the moment. And so unfortunately, the situation is not resolved yet. And the people, the the people's situation is getting only, only worse. So we need still more tents. We need more sleeping bags. We need more blankets. And the embassy is putting up the calls on their Twitter pages or or on their Facebook pages. But they are also suggesting people and encouraging people to make cash donations. Because as you may guess, it's it's very difficult to to take the stuff from Ireland into Turkey, into the sorting points, and then to distribute it from those sorting points. It's not that straightforward. And like they, they ran out of storage at the embassy at the moment as well. This is why 
they put up a call last week. They said that please don't bring any more donations at the moment because we don't have storage at the moment. Begum, it was our privilege to, to assist when the call went up. And if you need us again, you know where we are. Thank you so much, PJ. That was really, really important for us. And you gave us a platform to take the word out. And I really, really would like to thank for the final time to Alton and team who worked tirelessly for this. They assisted us with the moving of the goods, the sorting. They opened their depot to the Turkish community and they ended up moving so many more boxes than, than it was expected. So I really appreciate that. And to all the Turkish people, that helped with this and not only the Turkish but many Irish people or Ukrainian people went out they bought completely brand new stuff they spent their money generously and they donated so many things to the Turkish people who are currently in need so thank you so much everyone for supporting Lovely talking to you Begum have a good day Thank you PJ bye 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 so lovely to to be able to help and the little contribution that we made and it's great when people come back thank you for that right before we go on Emma's story of the uh, deposit for the car we've got lots of comments coming in I'll come back to them tomorrow but here's one same thing happened to me PJ towards the end of last year I liked a car I paid a thousand euro deposit was given no paperwork whatsoever no terms and conditions I changed my mind within the week and they wouldn't refund the money I was told nothing at all to say if I paid the deposit and changed my mind I wouldn't get a refund. I was told nothing, only about the car. Yeah, Uh, as William Harvey said about Emma, she may end up going to small claims and see what it has to say. The small claims court claimed up to about €2,000. She's got €1,000 involved, so she may... And that person there, you may want to go to the small claims as well and see how you get on there. We'll come back to it and plenty more. That's it, though. Program edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Thank you for joining the conversation in whatever way you did. We'll talk to you tomorrow, just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.